Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself and Chris had the opportunity to talk with John Saul and Tiffany from Elevation Worship. It's always awesome to talk to the guys from Elevation on the podcast. I think you're going to love it. Here we go. One of the things right now that we're doing as a ministry is we're getting the chance to go. um, We're basically taking Elevation Church into different cities across the U.S. right now. And we'll we'll show up and meet at a, a venue or a theater. And um, actually, one of my favorite times we've we've gone to San Antonio, which is my hometown. That's where I'm from. Go Texas um, to all the Texas listeners. Uh, we're going down the street to go grab a coffee, of course, as worship um, leaders do. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, no judgment there. Um, bump into this um, this lady, and she you know, pulls us aside. There's a few of our team and she was like, Hey, I, I really want to just tell you, she's like, thank you so much. Um, she was talking about trusting God. She was saying like, I feel I, I was at a breaking point. Um, my family was falling apart. She's, I had given up on church. She was, you know, born and raised in, um, I think the city is San Antonio. And, she said, I really, I really wanted to give up. And I felt like I, once I listened to one of these, um, and, and worshiped in, in the context of, um, some of the music, she was like, it, it really helped me connect. And, and I felt just like I needed that one moment and I needed that to, to just be reminded that God wasn't done with me. Um, and so that it, it, I paused and I was blown away for one. I felt like, Lord, what you're doing in my hometown is is huge to me. And I'm so thankful for that. But also it was such a beautiful reminder of the things that are unseen. And it's so easy to, um, you see a little promotional thing or you you post a clip or you even get up on a weekend and, and you're leading and and you're just like, I'm so focused on let me get this right on the click. Let me make sure this lyric is perfect. Let me make sure this arrangement. Mm. But if you don't actually stop and look at lives and, and individuals in the room who God has called you to minister to, all that gets thrown out the window, right? It just becomes so about self. And that was a beautiful reminder because um, I needed that fuel, not only because is it about reaching people for the sake of, oh, I can say we reached, but the Lord was working and he on beat. Thank you, Jesus, that he used these songs as a vehicle to tap into someone's heart who was ready to give up. And so I feel like having that posture is important, but that, I mean, thank you for, to our friend who we bumped into uh, for sharing that because um, yeah, just like, thank you, Jesus, for the opportunities of ministering. Um, and, and these songs, they mean so much to so many people in our church. And so I'm thankful for that. We, um, we have a worshiping church and yes. it's so important. Um, it, I think once you come in and, and experience that, there is no doubt, like we really do want to glorify. Um, there is a lot of excellence and we, we are proud and happy about that. And there's beautiful songs being written and arranged and produced, but I'm so thankful for the worshiping culture because there is um, something that happens corporately in that atmosphere and the Lord can do something. So yeah, that's, that's been, um, a recent thing that's, uh, really blessed my heart. Oh, that's killer. I'd love to hear, I mean, you guys 
such a wealth of music for the church from you guys. Was there anything unique about this album to, you know, all of the other ones before that? Like what, made, what was different for this one? Well, typically I feel like there's a runway of, you know, pastor will write um, with, you know, Chris and some of the team with Tiff and um, we might get a chance to introduce a song, uh, you know, early on before it's ever recorded. And, Again, going back to just our church culture and our worship uh, ministry, our churches, they understand like, hey, they're at any point, we may sing a new song unto the Lord. And so um, what was interesting about Can You Imagine, leading into the week of, there were so many that we had not introduced. And so that's always um, a little bit of a risk, but I think the the beauty of the truths that we sang that night were just very clear it's like you can you can jump on this and and declare it over your life yeah. so i think that was one of the biggest differences with this night and it it started as a worship night um mm -hmm. back in january we typically um would have like a midnight um praise service every year um at midnight and and pastor Stephen, we didn't do that this year as a church and so he decided i want to invite everybody to a night of worship on january 10th and so that week leading up to it I know we were shaping some songs to the very last moment around 4.30, yeah. <laughs> right before doors open. Wow. Um, just yeah. writing and, and arranging and uh, making sure that everything was clear melody-wise. Yeah. And so um, yeah. that that's a big difference with this um, project. <laughs> but yeah. um, I'd also add like our last project, Lion, you know, was 15 songs and it was yeah. kind of a blend of church songs and studio songs and kind of sonically all over. Um, but what we feel like with Can You Imagine is it's eight songs and they all yeah. really are amazing for church. Like yeah. we've gotten to sing all of them in church and they've just connected so well with our people. And what's so beautiful about kind of doing this hand in hand with our pastors, he's preaching messages every week that our church are really singing kind of the same themes the True. same scriptures yeah. like an anchor scripture for our church this year is ephesians three twenty. like you know unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine like such a staple scripture yeah. is now kind of in a song that we're singing and declaring over our church every week so we really feel in sync like as a church our worship ministry is not just a separate mm -hmm. thing over here doing our own thing but it's really in sync with the heart of our church the heart of our pastor so yeah, yeah. Were there any songs on on this album that you had been doing for a while that had kind of been um, like that the church knew for a while? So um, trusting God in all the versions, we were actually singing a few different verses. Yeah, I think there was probably true. one or two revisions, but um, and the, our church has heard all three versions of it. <laughs> so you could, I'm pretty sure, uh, maybe uh, look back at the video and you can probably see maybe someone who's like processing. Wait a minute, this is not the same verse. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've been leading that song and um, also more, more than, than able, able for a bit, yeah. And again, as Tiff mentioned, like it was, it it's such a helpful. Um, it, it's a corporate song in terms of it. We're preaching this we're going through this as a study as a church and um for people to understand and attach a melody to these truths um it was nice and so those two were probably yeah. the some of the more familiar ones um and like john sal said like we pretty much circled a date on the calendar and said we're gonna do a night of worship and at that point we had two songs that were ready to be sung and recorded yeah. 
other than that, you know, the Lord truly did like kind of that week, like help us figure out what songs are next and kind of continue to write the songs. And thankfully there ended up being eight songs yeah. that with um recorded. nobody specifically. I know that week um, we're just kind of learning it and um, getting it in our spirit. But I love how that one, I, I really feel, I, I wasn't a part of writing it, but um, that one means so much to me. Just I'm, I'm in my spirit declaring like there is nobody in the grave. I love the play on words there. It's so, it's so cool. There's nobody in the grave, but there's nobody like Jesus who can do this for your life. And um, that one I think is, is fun. Everything posts. So we just released it May 19th, but the, the beauty of that is now it's been, we've been singing these after that night of worship in January, introducing them and singing them in church. And so to see them now latch on to this and, and um, you can kind of see the highlights of people just really um, expressing and, and really getting into it. Um, so it, it's a, it's a different wave. And now we'll see something after this release on um, May 19th. So uh, yeah, that's kind of a, our process right now. I know in the past we had talked to you guys and you said you, you kind of bounce off your congregation with like ideas and different parts of songs. How do you know when something's not working? Like it's, we got to change this verse or we just got to scrap <laughs> this song. There, I feel like they're really good. It doesn't matter what you throw at the church there. There's something about it. I think the culture is, Hey, we know that their songs always being introduced. So that gets a little tricky. I feel like on tour, it's sometimes funny to see like, oh, the wheels are turning with the lyric that's going on um, a little differently. So we haven't been able to to like outside of our church context introduce more than able we did on on Elevation Nights this this last um, this last go. And that was that was fun. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I think I don't know. You probably can speak to. Yeah. I think like we do have a culture of revising and revising yeah. and we want it to be the best thing. So at some point you have to decide the song is done <laughs> and it's, you know, like I think cause there's always more you could change and revise, but our pastor is such a creative. And so um, we'll try out songs and then we'll still sit with it and still revise it. And then the next week kind of come back with a new, new and improved version. And I think there does come a point where the song feels solidified and our church is strong to it. And yeah. then we kind of decide like, this is, this feels right. Pastor one Sunday we were leading, um, we had introduced nobody, I think maybe a week or two before, but um, he called us over and he's like, Hey, I want to change a lyric on the, on the bridge. What What the is chorus, it? The chorus. I'm sorry. And so we're, it's like right about service is about to start. And um, he's like, Hey, I really feel like this is, kind of the, the this heart um, component is going to be special. And so um, we've had a lot of examples of people just singing what they've maybe heard a few times and we just change it on a weekend. But um, that was a, another example of maybe sometimes it, he, he just feels like um, we might need to revise and, and kind of dig in a little more for that with that. So I can hear... Uh, the worship leaders listening to this being like, what do you mean everybody at the church is just ready to sing whatever you throw at them? Um, how, maybe speak a little bit like how, what's the special sauce? Like, how do you foster that there? And how might somebody else do that at their church? Yeah. One thing that 
Pastor Stephen does really well is it's not he makes this easy connection out of what he's preaching, right? So for one, if we have a ministry moment post, you know, sermon and it's we're declaring through melody exactly what was driven through the word there. Um culturally I think that's where we are. So it, it's very seamless. But um for so many years to just take the time and say, hey, we felt like God downloaded this, you know, right now for what our church is. Um, we want to introduce this, you know, through a singing chorus, or we might um, say, hey, we have a brand new song and have that expectation knowing, all right, <laughs> they may not do anything for a good five or six minutes, but um, over years, I think, even with guests, because there's constantly, we know that there's someone who's going to step in and who has no idea what worship is. Mm -hmm. And I think just even preparing and knowing we have, we're ministering to two of those people. It's someone who doesn't get worship. So we have to drive this message very clearly with excellence. And then someone who's been building their faith for years coming to our church um, and making sure that we're giving them handles through how we lead and, um, giving them permission to respond mm -hmm. whether it's hey you just all you need to do is clap your hands this morning or we want you to shout because we feel like this bridge is worth shouting about um and, and as some encouragement like i would say that there are times we introduce songs <laughs> and immediately get off stage and say oh goodness that's, oh, that's, a, blessing. Not that's a blessing for people here i'm sure yeah, yeah. like it's it's all of it. Like, yeah, there's some songs our church will connect to because yeah. it's the part of the the messages that are that our house is preaching. And then there's some songs that we're like, well, we'll never do that again. Yeah. Or we'll come back and try better next time. And yeah. of course, we can't always base it off of the audience response. Like it's it's good that we can not always That's be true. like too impacted by people's response because there's always gonna be people that love it and always gonna be people that prefer something else. And that's okay. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, a culture of songwriting and teaching yeah. people things like it's going to be messy. And and we've just accepted it's it. It's always fun introducing an Elevation rhythm song to um, a 50, 50 to 65 year old who is not going to dance that's like we're thing. asking. And so we do it. <laughs> those those have been fun. Yeah, that's killer. We just uh, I mean, as this comes out, it'll be we had an episode with uh, rhythm that'll come out before this episode comes out. So it'd be kind of like a one-two punch. Like I'd, I'd love to hear too. Like what's the, what's the balance between elevation and rhythm? Like we we've heard their side, now we can hear your side, and it's like see how that's working. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's a big part of um, our heart to serve and minister to a younger generation, knowing they are for years. I think this church has been built on. Hey, if we're going to minister to our youth, they're going to bring their families, and they're not going to come. You know, but so. There's a, a big vision for that, and it's special to see now um, Elevation Rhythm just writing. I think sometimes we can I, – I'll speak for myself. I can get in my head about maybe how I'm relating or how I'm best connecting to a younger generation, and here comes these songs that just really help me kind of feel like I'm tapping into their world and their insecurities, their fears. Mm -hmm. So I think that language and those songs are really, really needed. And so even if it feels awkward to lead it, and for some it might, hey, this is needed for our church because this embodies everyone yeah. from 
the 15, 16 year old all the way to the 80 year old. Um, and both were, were, were caring and sharing the news to both of those people. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's our heart with it on weekends and, um, elevation nights has been fun to see them uh, leading powerfully. Yes. Every night I just, I'm trying to get side stage to just like get into the atmosphere that they, they set, um, their hearts are burning, um, for the Lord through worship and that's evident. So it's contagious too. And, uh, yeah, I love, I love watching them and Josh is, um, so great with leading that team. That's killer. So, yeah. For Elevation Nights, are you guys, do you, do you, uh, stick to who's singing or who's leading each song each night or do you flip it around? like kind of rotate. We, we pretty much decide at, at each, each run, like this is kind of who's going to carry each song and we'll switch it up run to run. Yeah. Um, but okay. for the most part, depending on our vocal health, yeah, that might be there the... have been times John sells that I can't sing the blessings night. Someone help me. <laughs> when, it, when our worship time is three hours, there are those random times when your voice is no more. Like, That's I it. More I got them out. <laughs> Literally. But, but yeah, we, we typically, um, predetermine and we'll, we'll kind of plan and prep for that. So do you, do you have like, Okay, when I sing, when I lead this song, I do it in this key. Yeah, we um we try and lock in, in um just keys for arrangements and then transitions or um you know any opportunities to to kind of take a moment. But um every everything is pretty much dialed in um, key wise as well. Yeah, unless we switch up who's leading. Like if Zeke's leading a song, he'll probably take it a few steps higher. <laughs> Jenna, his wife, she can sing real high, so she might take it a step higher. But for the most part, we all kind of have our flow of what yeah. we like. Has there ever been a, a time when you, you like had a song that maybe it was male led for a long time and then you switched to a female? Yeah, yes. female absolutely. Led, and the congregation like responds to that. Okay, funny story. So Graves into Gardens, we've been doing it. Brandon has amazingly sung it for so many years. <laughs> well, in our church, I think this was a praise party. You remember the guy? Who, yeah, dancing. The, the, there's this one little video that kind of made its way around um, on the web. Are you about to do it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to show it as an example. Oh um, but he's up. Exclusive. So we're, we're singing. I, um, I think Jay was singing Graves. And this guy is going crazy with this side hip thing and shout out to you guy if you're listening our friend um and and anyways it's just so fun to watch like, say people responded very well to a female leading a male song thank you for that clarity either way it's so funny no but it, it like stuff like that it happens when you kind of swap and change some yeah. of the leads and so we've seen um some songs really uh, i cannot wait to continue to try that <laughs> Gosh, um, and we kind of, as we get close to wrapping up here, I'd love to always just hear what encouragement would you have for those worship leaders that are listening to this? It seems, it seems like it's getting more and more prevalent where a lot of worship leaders are just kind of disinterested in doing full-time church ministry, maybe even part-time ministry. Like it's, I, I know a number of friends, both in worship departments and senior pastors can't find worship leaders, can't find sound people, technicians, can't find people that want to do church. Yeah why should somebody want to get into church work from some people who clearly love doing this for the Lord? 
What a beautiful question. Um, I mean, it's something, something we've given our lives to. And so I just see the value in building God's church. Like when literally Jesus left, brought the Holy Spirit, said this, this is my plan to save like humanity. Like the local church is so important from the mouths of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that I would just say, like, thank you so much for pouring your life into. If you're feeling like, is this worth it? I would say, it's so worth it to give your life to the local church. The community um, aspect of it is so necessary for, for building our faith and um, getting together as one community to worship Jesus. Like that is, that will never not be important. And so I would just say like, it's such a valuable thing to give your life to, to give your early mornings to your late nights to um, all the things like Jesus is so worthy of all of it. And so I would just say like, yeah. And to get practical with that, because um, that's sometimes how my brain thinks. Yeah, I love, and I've I share this all the time. So, um, I love our pastor. One time, challenged our staff and our team. He said, "Think about society. Think about our world today. Everyone's scrolling. It's mm-hmm. what I don't know. Our attention span is probably six seconds or less or something now. Crazy. Um, people are watching the new shows. People are." are watching sports, every just constant distractions. He says, when else would you find an adult or anyone giving up an hour, an hour and 20 minutes of their time, dedicating their attention, you know, very few moments, very few times. And so how crazy and how special though, when you capitalize and you use an opportunity, knowing and trusting that the spirit of God has ordained them to be in front of you. So I say that as a challenge and as an encouragement do not give up hope. It doesn't, it may not, it may not feel like it's the most evident or visible thing if yeah. you're discouraged, Yeah. but trust that the Lord is using you and trust that when you prepare through that lens, knowing God, I'm going to give you everything and I'm going to serve these people. It doesn't matter what capacity behind a microphone, behind a camera, behind the scenes. I'm going to serve these people knowing that this matters. I may not get another hour with this individual ever again, and it may be on their last straw. It may be their last chance in a, in a worship house. And when you do that and you trust that the spirit is going to work beyond as he does well beyond what we can see um, happening in that moment, I think it's worth it. So I don't know. It's hard to, it's, you can get discouraged and going on 10 years, it is the highs and the lows of ministry. But thank you, Jesus, because there is fruit and there is something that he can do through you as a vehicle. So um, I feel like that's a a challenge and um, I've been marked and shaped by that trusting and hoping that God would use me that way. So I I hope that's an encouragement to you if you're listening. Um, a lot of churches, you'd talk to the worship leader or the worship pastor and they're, if their pastor's not around, they're, they're talking about how they have this tension between their worship pastor or their senior pastor between the worship pastor and senior pastor. Um, and like at our conferences, we have to kind of help people walk through that. You guys seem to have like the complete opposite where pastor Steven is super involved with the worship to the point where he's writing songs with y'all. Um, how, 
can you describe that relationship? Like how, how healthy is it when, when he's coming from a musical background and really like championing the, the worship team and the worship ministry? Yeah. Yeah. I think from the start and here's important context. If you're um, maybe hearing it for the first time, the church, he, pastor Steven set out, he said, I'm going to kind of build and plant a a church in Charlotte and worship is going to be a big component of how we build this ministry. So from the origin, what is it, 17 years ago, mm-hmm. up until now, it's been this progression of this will reach beyond maybe a, a message or a sermon mm-hmm. that it'll get into spaces that we just may not ever see either. So I think with that vision, it's been easy to say, oh, we trust what you're saying and how you want to kind of guide the worship ministry when you have input. And then there was um, just years of his writing and and I think a lot of people maybe don't understand that but he writes a, a primarily for and with mm-hmm. all of our teams so every song he is you know crafting as yeah. he would a sermon and that's also important because it's not it, it isn't two separate ministries it's the word and has as he preps and these songs are an overflow sometimes and mm-hmm. so we sing can you imagine because it was preached and we're, we're focusing on um, Ephesians in that way as a church. So I think as an encouragement, trusting that your pastor and, and almost maybe rallying around how you can support what he's doing mm-hmm. and how he's ministering and also taking off the pressure. Not every, not every church house has to be this like next new song. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a mandate and there is something to when you're anointed for it. Sometimes God will use out of the blue, a song will come up and that I don't know that that we're called to do that. It's we're not called to put songs and make them this mm-hmm. big, huge thing or be on these um, crazy big stages. But I think it happens mm-hmm. sometimes because it might be ordained. Right. But I think when you when you submit and trusting, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to co-lead with my pastor for this weekend and get in sync. I think yeah. God honors that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I think sometimes there's this unneeded and added pressure of like the worship needs to be this big corporate feeling thing. That's so visible and separate from mm-hmm. how our pastor is ministering. And I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I don't feel like that's always the case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that that's not every situation. Like, I understand the tensions between senior pastor and worship leader if their visions are different. Like, I wanted to do this song and I wanted to flow here, but the pastor's like, no, my vision for this Sunday is different. And so I do think what you are saying about the honor and even just the ways to to realize, like, we're all working towards the same goal has been good for all of us to get on the same page of, like, what are what is your heart? What are you preaching right now? And what songs do we have that, just go in line with that. What themes are we feeling as a church that we can really sync up on has been a helpful thing for us. All right. Final question. Um, you're doing a tour campaign. You're approaching the last week of the tour. You're at like your end with people. Like you, you don't want to see another person in the bus <laughs> again. You're about to kill each other. Uh, <laughs> What do you do to to kind of finish out strong and to stay stay grounded and stay humble and you know stay connected with people and not you know rip their heads off 
for uh, taking your pen off. You give everyone space. <laughs> no, um, it it helps when you're uh, good friends with. It, it's a, a crazy dream. I think I'll, even I'll speak for myself. It still blows my mind that I get to travel and sing with my wife. Um, and so I feel like sometimes I can get in the headspace though. I'm sharing my wife with uh, nine other people on this tour bus. Mm. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I really do think it's like, uh, it, we all kind of maybe take a break and uh, everyone's like, all right, see you in an hour. Yeah. Let's get coffee and hang then. Um, but that's that it's been a dream to travel with our friends. And, um, I think such a special thing now as a church with elevation nights, um, we're kind of taking a lot of the staff on the road and every pastor is preaching and um, our teams are ministering through our EFAM and online ministry. So there is a lot of people. Um, so it feels like a community, um, but yeah, we're, we definitely towards the end, it's like, all right, I'm going to power it through. I need to take a nap. How about that? Yeah. That's a good way to, to recharge. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much to touring that people don't see unless yeah. you've done it. Like, it takes a lot, a lot of yourself. You're giving a lot of yourself, pouring out every single night. And so, for me, if I'm not filling up, I'm good for nobody. Like, I just need to disappear for an hour, get in my word, and just kind of like reprioritize myself, or, um, or else I might not be the nicest version of myself always. So, <laughs> you know, you're low on Never sleep. You're that. all the things. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Very rare. Hopefully. All right. Stay close to the Lord, get some space. <laughs> That's, That's right. Great. That's yeah. what we do. Get coffee. Universally applied and coffee. Absolutely. And a lot sleep. Of sleep in if you need to, you know? There you go. That's all for this week's episode. As always, head on over to Instagram, shoot us a DM. We would love to chat with you. God bless.